This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. Dial pound 3636 with the former Premier and Finance Minister Ernie Eves, Dan Moulton from Crestview Strategy and a liberal strategist, and Brittany Andrew Amofa, who's a senior policy and research analyst at the Broadbent Institute. We were on the health file before the break. I wanted to uh, resume because there's another report out from the Financial Accountability Officer looking at the impact of long-term care beds and uh, the healthcare network in general. And he found between 2011 and 2018, the number of long-term care beds increased by less than 1%, 0.8%. And yet, the number of patients above 75 grew by 20, uh, 20%. During that time, the wait list for long-term care increased by 50%, from 99 days to 152 days. So Christine Elliott, Minister of uh, Health is saying today that uh, the government has plans to tackle the backlog, creating 30,000 new long-term beds over the next 10 years, including 15,000 over the next five years. But uh, the Financial Accountability Office is saying the province is going to need to create an additional 55,000 new long-term care beds by the year 2033 uh, just to meet the needs. So, Dan, on that point, between 2011 and 18, Dalton McGiddy, Kathleen Wynne, we're in office, you were there, uh, they fell far short of the requirement. Yeah, the province is falling short of the requirement. And I think fundamentally, like, it doesn't matter your partisan stripe here, we don't have enough services in this area to meet the need and the expectations of the public. And I think this is where the current government and, and, and where the premier is going to have some, some issues on its hands over the next few years is how do you continue to promise uh, cuts and tax cuts in particular uh, and the kind of level of public services Ontarians expect and the government seems to be committed to, right? So they're saying they're going to they're going to provide 30,000 new beds over the next few years. Not enough, to be clear. Uh, they're going to have to commit to more eventually. At some point, they're going to cave. How do you fund that, right? And I think that's the, the, the problem they're going to face is that on one hand, they're saying we're going to cut your taxes and keep them low. And at the same time, we're going to grow and, and grow your public services and give you more. And I think that's where they're going to have to do a lot more thinking as a government about how do we behave in this you know, committed to public services mantra, well, we don't raise taxes, right? And I think they're going to have to they're going to have to reconcile right. that at some point as a government. What you're basically conceding is uh, he's inherited a millstone around his neck. I, I mean, I'm sure you'd like to frame it that way. What I'm trying to say is that <laughs> like, what yeah. I'm trying to say here is he, he can't make the promises he's making if he's not going to look at raising taxes at some point. Well, all right, uh, let me pass it over to Ernie here. I mean, you were in that same kind of unenviable position after following up five years of the Ray government, right? Yes. Um, you know, I don't think it's as simplistic as saying that if you reduce taxes, you need you need to raise taxes to spend more money. I reduced taxes 222 times in my six years as finance minister, and we more than doubled the amount of revenue coming into the province. I don't take total credit for that. There was a combination of circumstances that led to that. But, you know, I find that but corporate taxes quite, quite were in frankly, a very different place when you were finance minister than quite they are frankly, now. But quite frankly, politicians of all political stripes. Like, you know, I listened to Trudeau taking credit for the economy. When it goes in the tank a year from now, is he going to take credit for that? I know well, it won't be. Well, it's not my fault. There's nothing I could do about it, you know. But but <laughs> if, when things are going well, it wasn't my credit either, but I'm taking credit for that. I mean... I used to caution some of my colleagues when I was finance minister. You go out there and start blowing your own horn. You better be prepared to take the crap when it goes the other way, because sooner or later, it's going to. That's the reality. Going with a long-term care issue, it's a very difficult issue. Like, we have to transition our health care system from institutionalized health care into helping people in their own homes, 
you know, giving service at home where you can to seniors and others. It, it's a very difficult thing. I think we have to try and somehow bring in public-private partnerships into this whole area. We've done it in hospitals in certain areas, and I know that Mr. McGinty campaigned against me, said he would never do it, and then he put in... Very much disagree he, with that. Th 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 then, then he put in twice as many triple P hospitals as I was going to put in, which is fine. My whole theory has always been, it's not about who owns the bricks and mortar or the equipment in a hospital. It's about the care that you're delivering to patients in the hospital. So don't spend and waste your time and money thinking about who owns this brick Edifice. building. Right. Spend your time worrying about how are we going to take care of the patients that need proper care. Well, so Brittany, how would you uh, reconcile that if you're against, uh, you know, public-private partnerships or any other sort of uh, mm -hmm. second rail of health care? I mean, what do we do here with the long-term? You expand public health care. You expand it. You you create long-term care homes. These are public service jobs. Uh, you dedicate the spending and money to it. If that involves raising taxes, then so be it. I'm, I'm not opposed to raising taxes in order to fund social and health programs. And I think we have a culture in this province and, of course, in, in, in this country at large, where we don't talk about, we don't have enough fiscal transparency around how much things actually cost and what it will take to get these things off the ground. Healthcare costs billions of dollars. It's the biggest um, provincial uh, spending budget, and that's just what it is. So let's actually talk about the billions of dollars that we're spending each year, and then let's talk about what we actually do to pay for it instead of hiding behind the dollars and 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 trying to defund or like trying to privatize services moving forward i, I disagree and if we want to preserve public health care these need to be public jobs well first of all 35 percent of health care in the province of ontario today is privately owned and operated which i when, when, disagree when, with. when you go for a blood test it's really it done by a private way. lab that's funded through the public system and I don't see anything wrong with that as long as it's providing the best service you can to Ontarians and, and to patients. family doctors are other private corporations. Right. The, 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 <laughs> you know, the real major problem for any government, I don't care what political stripe, is that we've seen the percentage of the overall budget in healthcare grow and grow and grow to where it's now about almost 50% of the budget. And between healthcare and education, you're looking at about 75%. There's about 26 or 27 ministries in government. Ask some of those other ministers what they think, the environment minister thinks, about 75% of the budget going to two ministries, and now we're going to take 25% and divide it up over 27 other ministries. That means you each get less than 1% of the budget. If we have a growing population, exactly. we need to have the money required to expand our services for this growing population. We cannot operate on the same existing budget and even or even try to reduce the budget. And so where At the are you going to get least, the money? You're there are several ways you can raise taxes. Again, I'm not By opposed to raising By taxes. We can we do it in a way that's responsible. You do it in a way that we're Canadians and Ontarians can afford it. But they're getting so much more in return and so much more bang in their buck because when they're aging, they will be able to access these services that that they will very much need. You can also I'm not opposed to reducing spending either. Let's look at areas where you know we can reduce. I think we can reduce spending in policing in Ontario. I would love to here, see here. some of those dollars reallocate toward health care and social services. You should bring Brittany back more often. I, 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 I support this part of it. Look, Ernie, I think the one thing you, you missed when you were talking about your history lesson when you were finance minister, which was you know enthralling, but the one thing you were missing is that corporate taxes were at a very different place then than they are now. Corporate taxes are at a historic low. 
they're they're too low i would argue and they're not they're not doing the job of helping to finance some of the core public services that ontarians expect and ontarians deserve and so i think you're you know you're you're missing the point on the fact that at the same time our population uh, in particular the boomers have gotten a lot older and put a strain on our healthcare system just like yourself <laughs> and, you know, maybe i don't know if you're a boomer john i shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't pass judgment john's not here. there yet either. Uh, but you know boomers are getting older putting strain on the system and we've reduced corporate taxes incredibly over the same period of time right and so we put a strain on our budget in this way and i think you know what it would be great to see this this provincial government step up and say, we've got to have an honest conversation with Ontarians about public finances and try and figure out a way to talk about how we're going to ensure sustainability in our public services. In some areas, that's going to mean looking at privatization of certain aspects of, of service delivery. And I'm okay with that, as long as it's done in, in niche-focused areas. Uh, and But they've got to be transparent. They've got to step up and say, we have, a, have to have a long-term conversation about how we're going to ensure sustainability in healthcare and set a fair tax regime so that people that are wealthy and corporations are paying their fair share too. Yeah, but how do you maintain competitiveness? This is the problem. I mean, look, it's a sort of a double-edged thing coming at you because if you're going to start to increase taxes, you lose the competitive edge. This money's not stupid. They're just going to go to, like uh, water, flow to their point of least resistance. Yeah, I mean, we have one of the lowest corporate tax uh, levels in certainly in, in Canada and 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 in parts of uh, the the region here. Uh, you know, our, our competitive region. Mm. Uh, we have a we have a very competitive tax rate, but we compete in other ways too, right? And I think that one of the most important things we have to remember is that if we're talking about competing competing for good jobs between Ontario and American jurisdictions, I mean, good jobs, good, well-paying jobs, not the lowest common denominator, mm. a good job. Mm. We compete on the fact that we've got a highly educated population. Mm-hmm. There's no healthcare host that employers have to deliver for their employees. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, I agree with that. And, 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 and we, I think we compete with our people, right? Let's just be clear with that. that. That there are other ways that we compete, and so we have to look at okay. Well, if if, if the people that are well educated and, and we have healthcare are a part of how we compete, how are we going to finance that? And sometimes that means looking at our corporate taxes, which are too low in my. So opinion. we can be Scandinavia mm-hmm. on Lake Ontario. You can even get. We already are. <laughs> that, you can even sorry, get. John, I know you want to relitigate that fight every Wednesday, but you lost it 20 years ago. Let's uh-huh. be real. Tax incentives to corporations who are going to be uh, producing green products. That's a huge way to to maintain competitiveness. Are we ensuring that we're attracting... green economy is going to supplant all the other stuff? Not supplant, not entirely replace, Mm. but you can provide incentives to corporations and companies who prioritize creating greener um, materials. I thought the broad... I don't believe believe in... I wouldn't call it that. I call it other ways to create incentives and to to amplify competitiveness mm. if you're going to increase corporate taxes. All right. Well, uh, we'll come back because, uh, you know, this obviously has an impact across the country with the recently completed election, too, where there are a, a divergent of uh, opinions. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.